0: of our nation's capital, Ottawa, Ontario, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them, Locked On sent you. The Ottawa Senators fall in overtime to the Toronto Maple Leafs. However, the point streak lives on. It's now six games in a row. They've accumulated at least one, and in half of them, have won. So six is good, but can it be seven? They're going to have to wait a long time to find out. Sunday's game postponed against Montreal. In that time, Nodak accents fans unite because the Node Accents are in action tonight, kicking off a single elimination tournament. It's the Regionals. If you want to go back and listen to our interview with Brad Slossman, we get into all that. But we'll tee up tonight's game against American International and think about how much of a chance do they have to go all the way we'll also give our central standouts from ottawa's performance the locker room shuffle continues with men going in and out up and down belleville has some reinforcements for their game tonight against stockton plus we learn of the waiver fate of one christian will this is the locked on senators podcast your team every day Today is Friday, March 26th in Pilsy. On a scale from meh to Dorian's coffee toss, how mad were you at the outcome of last night's game?
1: Well, I didn't toss my coffee as hard as Pierre Dorian did, that's for sure. But man, when you have a chance to go on a three-on-one and you throw a saucer pass at knee height, and it gets deflected and turned around and then scored on your own net to end the game in OT up against a division rival, that is frustrating. And, yeah, two different stories. You see Dorian throw his coffee across the room, and then you see Dubas uh, seconds later with a little fist pump and just shovels his, shuffles his papers up and quietly leaves the arena. Like, definitely different sides happening there. But overall, I think if you're the Leafs, you got to be embarrassed that it even got to that point. Your goalie has two terrible fumble plays and it goes all the way to overtime and you barely make it like yikes frauds for sure the
0: Toronto Maple Leafs I love the sicko maneuver of the Toronto Maple Leafs going up in the third period and then two minutes later it's like nah not so fast Alex Formanton with his first goal of the season second career National Hockey League goal this time though it's no question who put the puck in the back of the net so stick taps to Formanton for that he was assigned to the taxi squad today we believe just a money thing Ah, that's getting a little tiring but there were some other roster moves we'll get to shortly however that play you mentioned in overtime thomas shabbat not the best decision he makes on that play how much of that do you think is how much he's been on the ice with over 31 minutes again last night this guy is averaging over 30 minutes over the past five games how sustainable is this and do you think right it did it lead to that turnover
1: I think probably it's, it's a part of it. And when we talked about this last, I said I was mildly concerned, but I'm starting to get a little more concerned because Shabbat's making kind of poor turnover decisions quite often in games, it seems, and in his own end. And that was a scenario, Ross, where all he had to do was not do what he did. Like, right? He could have either just carried the puck up he could have done a much easier pass he could have banked it off the boards he could have slid it over to the center to uh, his other player that was with him there were so many options and instinctively he just does a boneheaded play like that and when it's Austin Matthews three on three overtime you can't be turning the puck over like that especially when he's the only defender back so that's something I would like to see improve and like DJ Smith, he said that he thinks Shabbat plays better when he gets more minutes. I, I can understand that, but at where do you draw the line? Like this is a team that's in last place in their division. You're not playing meaningful games. Why are you working your workhorse this hard? Like some other defensemen need to start chipping away at Shabbat's minutes because over a full season, when you're in honestly another rebuilding year, there's no need to be pushing Shabbat this hard.
0: Well, we're about to find out in a moment from when we're recording, so we'll touch on when Christian Wolanin's waiver fate is decided. But that is just of a, a microcosm of how little DJ Smith's trust any other defenseman on this team. Is that something Pierre Dorian has to go out and fix as soon as possible?
1: I don't think as soon as possible because we know there's help on the way. If you haven't heard Brad Schlossman's... Uh quote about jake sanderson from our interview go to twitter at sense central and check that out because he is scary good maybe he's not ready next year but the year after at the year after i'm quite sure he's going to be ready jbd's coming up hopefully brandstrom will have improved and be ready like i think this team can make it within it's just going to take time for the time being, I think you just ride this out. You know this is a, this is another tough year. But in the offseason, we could see Pierre Dorian try to make some moves, and he needs to do better than trying to banking on veterans having bounced back years after the worst years of their career. That can't happen. There needs to be a sure thing coming in here that can be either a bottom pair defenseman or a guy that can go up and down uh, through the deep pairs because it's just not cutting it here. The forwards are doing all right, but the Sens decor is, is slacking.
0: Yeah, there's such a big gap from Thomas Shabbat to the next one. And who would that be? Like, probably I want to say Mike Rattle, just based on his play recently. Zaitsev's just been munching minutes himself. Obviously, as Shabbat's yeah. partner, they're gonna be out there quite a bit. He's up at twenty-six minutes last night as well. Of course, we know he's not the perfect defenseman, but he's definitely an NHLer, which you can't say about the bottom pair right now. I don't think Josh Brown was better last night and uh minimal ice time, played twelve minutes and Braden Coburn like just gets turned around in his own zone so easily. I don't I don't know what they see in him to continue to trot him out. But like we we do, and we should give stick taps to Anton Forsberg coming in his first NHL game in over a year with the mismatch equipment, the colors with Winnipeg still looking sharper than Matt Murray's all white gear. What'd you think of Forsberg's senators' debut?
1: Forsberg looked great out there, other than yeah, the mismatching gear. We got to get him some red stuff here soon. But I think he, when the game started, you could tell that he hadn't played an NHL game in a while because he was still positionally sound, but the puck was bouncing off him and he could not track it. Like He was losing sight of those rebounds. Pucks were getting loose. Um, There was all kinds of chaos, but then he settled down. And I love watching the tight replays of really good saves because you can pretty much see exactly where his angles are. And from every replay I saw his positioning was perfect. Like you couldn't get much better. Uh, He was moving across the crease. Nice. How about that 10 bell save up against Austin Matthews Uh, full like Morgan Riley credit to him too, getting that puck through. There must've been four or five guys in the slot and he gets it through feathers it right to Matthews and Forsberg gets over there in time and just gets the glove save. You gotta love to see that. So I think we might've found something here with Anton Forsberg. And he reminds me a lot of Anders Nielsen. Yeah, Anders Nielsen, again,
0: it's too bad his career in Ottawa was cut short because he came in and stole some games. Of course, Forsberg, not the same stature as Nielsen, who stands 6'5 in the crease. No one is. But, well, Matt Sogart. wait till you see that kid come over and and play in in, uh, Belleville, we hope, towards the end of this season. But I thought he looked fantastic. Early in the game, he wasn't sure where the puck was a few times. After it hit him, he was spinning around looking for it that's understandable just based on how long it had been. I know we played the one game in Belleville, but the puck's moving a bit faster up at the NHL level. So good on Anton Forsberg. He had an excellent outing, really held Toronto off the board more than the one goal. They allowed uh, to Ilya Mikheyev, just bounced off of him, right? But in those first two periods, even in, I mean, 29 shots through 40 minutes. So Anton Forsberg really got the feel of the play pretty quickly. So, Good on him. I wonder what this means going forward. you got to think that the two irregular goalies with Marcus Hogberg and Matt Murray will have now almost a full week to rest and recuperate. And I don't know what happens next because that was the fifth goalie to play a game for the Ottawa Senators this year. The record, the Philadelphia Flyers a few years ago had eight different goalies playing for them. So not quite at a historic level, but... That's that's a lot of attendees in goal. And the more this happens, the more I'm starting to think that maybe it's a goalie who Ottawa loses in the expansion draft. Is that something that should be of concern to Pierre Dorian?
1: I don't think it should be of concern because there's, there's so many of them, right? I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that Seattle is going to select one of the senators goalies. I mean, up up front there's maybe Chris Tierney maybe a couple of defensemen you would you would maybe think of but they're not about to get themselves into any contract trouble so they're not going to pick up any bad contracts that's for sure so I think it's going to be one of the goalies and if you're the Ottawa Senators you kind of got to expect it that's just the way it is like each team they're taking a player from so you got to expect it and I have no interest in going the route to trade picks or players to the uh, Kraken so that they don't select certain people. We saw what that did with the Vegas expansion draft. That is counterintuitive to what you're trying to do. So if they end up scooping up to Cord, Gustafson, you're just going to have to accept that and hope that the guy they didn't take ends up being the right choice for the Sens.
0: Don't worry, Levi Marilyn and his seven shutouts on this season. They're on their way eventually, I say tongue-in-cheek, but Anton Forsberg was excellent last night. He made 38 saves in an overtime loss. I mentioned off the top, Ottawa now 3-0-3 in their last six games. Let's take you through the scoring in this one. Connor Brown, a revenge game, opened it. An assist to Chris Tierney, who now has points in three straight games. A shorty to boot. And this one, oh man, you saw it was Connor Brown. It was a wide open net. Were you worried at all that it was going
1: high or wide? I thought he was going to miss, not going to lie. Like I saw it and I was like, who's the player coming down? Oh, no, it's Connor Brown shorthanded with a perfect chance to score. He's not going to get it, but he makes no mistake here. And credit to Chris Tierney. That's a great forecheck by him. Like hes he's got Jack Campbell really confused and he's not sure what to do. And the guy that I, that I want to highlight the most on this play is... If you're a Leafs fan, how are you looking at William Nylander and pleased with that play? You couldn't be any more disinterested if you're William Nylander. Like, you're on the power play. The puck's in your own zone. Maybe show an ounce of urgency. He doesn't want to get his perfect hair messed up, so he's not getting in there. And then when they score, he doesn't even react. He just he just kind of skates by. Like, that. that is sad to see. Great job by Connor Brown getting the shorty, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As I mentioned, seventh of the year. That's just a a nice boost to a PK who's been awesome lately, especially on home ice. They held Toronto's power play to absolutely nothing again. Three for three. The Senators were on the PK last night, although 18 giveaways is something they have to clean up. Is
1: that mostly on the breakout? When are you noticing Ottawa fumbling the puck? definitely the breakout and I hate to be hard on him but Thomas Shabbat has been a big giveaway machine for the Sens and in their own end when he can make so many other plays and yeah that's the thing you got to take that with a grain of salt because he's getting work so heavy so I think if this pattern keeps showing the high minutes and the turnovers by Shabbat, then they got to solve something even if it means trotting out Braden Coburn and Josh Brown for more minutes like winning games isn't the priority right now. Like imagine Shabbat is on the ice for like 34 minutes and then gets a serious injury because of a tired mental lapse play like that. That can't be happening at all. So this is something the center's going to have to figure out because especially there's so many times Ross where Shabbat and Zaitsev are out there and they got the shift counter coming on and it's over two minutes, a shift. Like you got to be looking at 45 seconds to a minute, 15 for your shifts, like anything over a minute and a half Consistently happening is unacceptable in my eyes. Absolutely, we'll see
0: what happens going forward with this decor because you're right, Thomas shabbat It's it's kind of uncharacteristic. We know this guy's an offensive defenseman, and with any offensive D man, no matter how good they are, there will be some defensive miscues, and usually it's because they're trying to do too much, which is exactly what happened on the overtime turnover. I should say. So Ilya Mikheyev makes it 1-1, just kind of a backdoor bouncing play off of him. And that just made me think back again, like Colin White's headbutt goal should have counted. I'm still pissed about that. And then in the third period, Jason Spezza. We talked about revenge games. What was your initial reaction to the Spez dispenser putting one past Anton Forsberg?
1: Well, I thought it was funny, too, because uh, on uh, the Wally and Mathot show, they just had on. They were asking him if he was upset that he hadn't scored against the Sens much, and he kind of he shrugged it off, like, oh, yeah, I'd like to score some more, and then he scores a big goal. It deflects off Zaitsev, so again, nothing you can do if you're Anton Forsberg there. I thought he played really well. The initial shot looked like an absolute laser beam, but the deflection helped it out a lot, but... Sucks seeing Spetsa score in a Leafs jersey, especially up against the Sens. But I'm I can't help it, I'm still happy for the guy. Like, you, you, you can't hate on Jason Spenza.
0: But that was with over nine minutes left in the game, and Sens fans may have been thinking, Oh no, is that going to be the game winner? Nuh uh, another miscue by Jack Campbell. Nice guy, I'm sure. I mean, you've seen the newspaper articles lauding this guy, he's just so nice, Brandon. He's yeah, just giving up the- gifts. The Thanks. nicest guy. Yeah, well, Alex formanton gets his first goal of the year because of that. But you know what I would love to see? And Alex formanton started last game. They put Connor Brown down on that fourth line to give him a bit more of a veteran presence or more reliably defensive play. Well, on that goal, was assisted by Bishop and Ryan DeZingle. So the speed on that line, do you think that may have played effect? Because if you're a goalie, you think you might have a bit more extra time to go out and play the puck,
1: but not with those guys closing in it definitely played an effect because that puck was put in an awkward position. Like it was kind of in no man's land and Campbell, here's the thing, Ross, as a goalie, you know, this all goalies are told if you're going to make a play to play the puck, there can't be any hesitation, like either fully go for it and make a complete fool of yourself or stay in the net. You can't go out there and stop and be like, oh, what am I doing? Like you're already you're already done at that point. Like you might as well do a full fledged dive and try to stick poke stick check the puck anywhere because that's a dangerous spot to be in. And I love Alex Formanton's thinking here. Again, don't try to do anything fancy. The goalie's scrambling. Just get the puck on net. It doesn't matter what what you do. It's going to create chaos and create a good chance, and it goes in. Good for him getting his uh, second NHL goal in just his second game this season. I think we're going to see a lot of Formington. I think DJ Smith loves what he does on the penalty kill. He even got some overtime uh, ice time as well. Well, he's built for that OT ice time, right? Just speed to boot and the third fastest time ever
0: in the AHL skills competition uh, for his hot lap, which was faster than Connor McDavid's time at the National Hockey League All-Star Game. So he, he does have to do some little details work to put it all together. However, you can't can't be anything but thrilled as to what he's brought to the Senators lineup. And that kind of leads us back to the talk that this forward group, as young as they are, you see the potential – And the reinforcements are coming on the back end. I think that's what's most exciting about what's going on in Ottawa is that the rebuild, the way that they've done it, almost helps out. Like, okay, you're seeing flashes, but still defense, the most important part of of hockey. And they're just not being able to get it done there. But, man, when you have Jake Sanderson coming up, amongst others, like Branstrom still in the AHL right now and probably a year away from really contributing, you can see the skeleton, of what's going to be a really good team. So, if you see a future for the Senators to make the playoffs next year at Bet Online, you have to take it during this offseason. Bet Online is the one place that has us covered at the Locked On Podcast Network and the one place that we trust for all of our online wagering. BetOnline.ag. Because you're a listener to the Locked On Senators podcast, you are entitled to this exclusive. Welcome bonus fifty percent that is. Here's how you go and get it. You sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Locked On is the promo code. That's free play money for you to wager and then win and make it into real bucks in your pocket. How could you do that? Why not take a parlay because that's how to really turn little wagers into big money. Pilsy. Hit us with your parlay of the day.
1: Well, I did a four team parlay on my own. I was, I was only going to broadcast it if it won, obviously. And uh, it was so close. Tampa Bay lost by one goal. I bet a bunch of favorites four four teams and it almost had it, but we're back on the saddle today. It's going to be another casual win. I don't, Not a lot of emotion in this one. I don't really like a lot of these matchups tonight. So we're just going to go ahead and get a quick win to line our pockets here. Let's take the Arizona Coyotes money line over the San Jose Sharks. That's a nice money line at minus one, one, one. So we're taking that. And then, hey, let's get on the flip side of that. Winnipeg Jets up against the Calgary Flames, their money line is plus one, one, one. So here we go. That put ten bucks in for Arizona Coyotes money line and Winnipeg Jets money line combined, and you're gonna win thirty dollars and eleven cents. That is Pillsy's parlay of the day. It's too bad Arizona didn't bring
0: back the Jets jerseys. Right? They still own that original Jets logo, so a little howdy do by Pillsy for his parlay of the day. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive your exclusive fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's BetOnline, your online sports book experts.
1: And guys, it's Friday. It's been a long week. If you need some energy, there's only one place to go, and that's Built Bar. We love Built Bars on the podcast, me especially. I, I have one pretty much every day, and that's because it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. There's none of this you know, when you're trying to be healthy and you don't want to eat healthy food because it doesn't taste as good. It's got this weird funky flavor to it, not built bar. It tastes amazing with 16 different flavors to try. Eight chocolate with nut flavors, eight chocolate nut free flavors. There's so many different flavors to choose from. I'm sure by this point you've tried them all, but to help you narrow it down, if you're newer, you got Pillsy's pick of the day. I've been Picking good flavors for you guys. It's the Enticing 8 in the Built Bar Bracket. I'm going to go with another classic peanut butter brownie. I did mint brownie the other day. Now let's mix it up with peanut butter brownie. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. So when you get that brownie flavor in there too, it's like a two for one. So the chocolate lovers are going to absolutely love it. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, but high protein and high Fiber. Now, how can you get your hands on these delicious built bars? I'll tell you right now. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED fifteen, and you'll get guess what, fifteen percent off your first order. One more time, guys. Built bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. To get your hands on them, go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED fifteen, and you'll get fifteen percent off your next order at builtbar.
0: bar. All right, Pilsy, before we get. To our Central standouts, news coming across the wire right now that Christian Wolanin has cleared waivers. He will be assigned, we hope and think, to the Belleville Senators because this is a guy who needs to play, but nothing has been confirmed on that front. What's next for Christian Wolanin?
1: Well, this is interesting. I'm reacting to this live. I think this is... Great news for the franchise immediately because, man, does Belleville need all the help they can get. So if he goes down to Belleville, plays a little time there, at least it's going to help those guys out. In the long term, this is a tough look because this is essentially the senator saying they're giving up on him. I'm sure they did everything they could to shop him around the league. Couldn't even get a middling prospect or a seventh-round pick in return for a guy we had penciled in as a top-four defenseman this year tough trails for Christian Wolanin, but I don't, it's it's still hard to judge him because he's never had consistent playing time, That with injuries and things happening, he never really got a proper shake at it, in my opinion. So I'm glad that he hasn't gone to a different organization. Although I'm shocked a team like Detroit wouldn't take a a chance on this guy. Like he's going to help out your immediate decor. And he's a guy, maybe it's a low risk, high reward situation. So pretty good for the senators to keep him. Hopefully, he can play in Belleville tonight against the Stockton Heat and uh, help help Belleville Senators get on the right track here.
0: Yeah, well, Mark Kastelich and Vitalia Bramov will be back in the lineup. They were both called up to the taxi squad over the last couple of days. And guess what? Marcus Hogberg, it's just announced, he will be reassigned on a conditioning stint. What are you looking for if Marcus Hogberg is in goal tonight against the Stockton Heat? Because, man, he needs not only to get back from injury, but... There was some inconsistencies in his play. But with this long layoff, he hasn't played in over a month. It's time for him to do a lot of video, which I'm sure he's done.
1: And what do you need to see from him to be like, okay, he's back. Well, it's going to be interesting to see if they play him tonight or tomorrow. Uh, Probably tomorrow. Maybe give him a little extra time off. Really, I'm not looking for a stellar performance. I'm just looking to see how's he moving out there, right? Like, because it was a lower body injury. So is he is he sliding around nicely? Like, is he able to go from post to post? How's his butterfly getting up and down? Like, is he going to be healthy to come back up soon? Because this guy has a lot to prove. He unfortunately got almost all of his playing time in the start of the season where these Ottawa Senators are not the same Ottawa Senators you see today. It's a totally different mindset. They got the kinks figured out. They're much more competitive. So if he can just... Be consistent and not let in those bad goals that he was doing at the start of the season. We need to see Marcus Hogberg get back to what he was doing last season. And then he's got a good chance to take hold of an opportunity with Matt Murray and Joey Decord out long term. He's quote unquote your number one guy as it is. So he needs to have a good game in Belleville, be positionally sound, get his strength back and then come up on to Ottawa and uh, really prove that he still is an NHL caliber goalie. We'll be all over that at Send Central. A busy night
0: with North Dakota also in action at 9.30 against American International. We're going to tee up that game a little later on. Belleville, I believe, starts at 7 o'clock, yes, against Stockton. So we're going to be all over that. We don't know yet whether Christian Willanen will be in the lineup of follow us at Send Central to be one of the first to know when and if he does get assigned there. On Send Central, we also hand out our standouts after every game We've already touched on two of them with Anton Forsberg and Alex Formanton. But the third one, it was up and down whether he was going to be named one because Brady Kachuk had a classic Brady game, six shots, six hits, and he was a force out there every shift. But one thing that we've noticed, and this hasn't been a new case, but how can we get it so that he stays on his feet a little bit more, a little bit longer, because Oh man, he is uh, occasionally looking like Bambi out there.
1: Yeah, I think this is a scenario where with Brady's uh, rambunctiousness, you got to sometimes take the good with the bad. Like he's going to be banging bodies out there, but sometimes he's going a little too hard and blows a tire, I think. And that was a big reason why the Spets goal happened. Shabbat was trying to get that puck to Brady and he does a little whoopsie daisy and falls and that goes right to the Leafs player and he tees Spets up. So that was a tough look for Brady, but. He still does everything else really well. You, you mentioned the shots, the hits. So I'm not going to fault him too much, but maybe take a little more time with the skating coach uh, after that one.
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of tough to see, eh? But again, you have to remember that he is 21 years old and has a long time to figure it out. So Brady Kachuk, still a central standout. You just know that he's going to bring it, especially in those rivalry games, Montreal, Toronto, he gets up for them and, Again, it's just a matter of time before he gets that C stitched on to his jersey. So those are our Sens Central standouts before we get to a note on another Sens prospect. And yes, the NCAA tournament begins tonight. Go vote for Shane Pinto for the Hobie Baker. It's a tight race, although not all of it is fan decided. But it'd be nice to finish ahead of Dylan Holloway, who Oilers fans have been pushing for hard. It's really down to the wire like Right now, we're looking at a 35.7% against 37.5%. Like, wow. Point 0.2 separates these two guys in the fan voting for the Hobie Baker. So go to hobiebaker.com slash vote. You have until April 1st to do that. But hey, you can win the Hobie Baker or not, but flags fly forever. And we're hoping that North Dakota, not only the Penrose champions, which they've already won by defeating the NCHC tournament, but they want to win the big one at the Frozen Four in Pittsburgh. I don't know if they're going to fly probably, but if they were driving and they wanted to make sure that everything was all right with their vehicle, they would absolutely be going to rockauto.com. We do too here at Locked On Podcast Network because rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts to customers for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything engine control modules brake parts tail lamps motor oil even new carpet and whether it's for your classic or daily drive get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer best of all Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same part? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Put Locked On in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box. That way, they know that we sent you. Reliable selection, the lowest prices. It's rockauto.com. Make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On Senators podcast wherever you get yours. Here's a little trick, too, if you don't mind. If you just unsubscribe and then resubscribe, it goes a long way. You'd be surprised. Also, make sure you leave a review. We're definitely reading those and appreciate them to boot. And follow us on on social media. We love to interact with everybody there. LockedOn.Senators on Instagram and Sense Central on Twitter. That's where we tweeted out our latest highlight, of Ridley Gregg, Senator's 28th overall pick this past season. He's now up to eight points in five games to go along with his barrage of penalty minutes, mostly from that 10-minute major where he was kicked out, ultimately suspended for three games with Pillsy. He finally has his first goal, and not only was it meaningful, but it was beautiful
1: to boot. Yeah, a game-winning goal while shorthanded. Like, that's the kind of thing Ridley Greg can bring to the table. Like, he's a guy that's going to play in all situations. He's gritty. He can play on the penalty kill. He can play in a top-six role. And just getting that game-winning goal, that's the kind of thing we need to be seeing from him. Like, he can't just be doing okay in the WHL. He needs to be dominating, and that's what he's doing. So big stick taps to Ridley Gregg.
0: Breakaway goal, head up the entire way. Go to Send Central and go watch this video. It's unreal. He is, you know, he. I don't want to say looking like Tim Stutzler with the hands, but I thought that he was making enough moves to fool the goalie, then just slides at five hole. Again, head up the entire way. So that was awesome to see the Brandon Wheat Kings, of course, winning that game as that was the game-winning goal. And don't look now, but they're already eight games through their 24-game season. It's going to be really interesting to see if and when, Ridley Gregg is called back up to Belleville following that season because right now Belleville they're short bodies and this is a very interesting amateur tryout signing Mitchell Holscher well known in the Ottawa area 67 stud on those elite teams they've had the last couple years but it's not often you see this he's a draft pick of the New Jersey Devils a seventh round pick of theirs but I guess they just want him to be playing hockey. You would think because he has their rights, they would get to, to have the final say of whether he could play for Belleville or not. Are you surprised that they've allowed this? Or is this as simple as, hey, he's a prospect.
1: We want him playing. The OHL is not playing. Let's go. Yeah, that is a weird move. You think he would go to bingo with the Devils, but uh, I guess they're not as desperate as Belleville is. And hey, like you said, this guy can play 146 points in 203 games in the OHL And last season. He had 76 points in 62 games. So if this is a guy that's going to be playing bottom six minutes in Belleville as a center I'll take it because they cannot go nine and seven again I mean no. they, they can't go undermanned again even with the full roster this team is at a disadvantage so glad to see another uh, Ottawa 67 good thing they're in in their backyard because the Sens have been plucking a lot of guys from there recently
0: yeah, Cedric Andre, the other one, still wearing a 67s mask as well. So Belleville finishing up this homestand. Well, I guess not. They went to play one in uh, Toronto against the Marlies and and lost that game 3-0. They've been outshot almost every game. And again, you can't really fault them in that game on Wednesday where they only dressed um, 16 skaters instead of 18, including three less forwards than you would usually see. But they need to get their offense going. And it starts... With the power play, zero for six on Wednesday. So again, Willannon would be a huge boost to that. And Pilsy, they're playing against a Stockton Heat team that beat them earlier in the season, but they've been struggling recently.
1: Yeah, five straight losses for the Stockton Heat, including four straight to Laval. So this is the kind of game where Belleville needs to take advantage, and these reinforcements are going to come up huge. So. If you're a gambling man, which I bet most of you are, head over to betonline.ag and throw a couple shekels on the Belleville Senators because this could be a nice game, especially if Marcus Hogberg gets the start.
0: Yes, we will be waiting with bated breath for that. We also waited for Christian Wolanin to clear waivers. you got to be curious of what that does to the psyche of Wolanin as well because that means 30 other teams were like, thanks, but no thanks. It's not even worth adding a contract. And that's a $900,000 contract that's already three quarters of the way done. So I'm really interested to see how and if he bounces back. He famously said at the start of training camp, he's got his swagger number, but you need opportunity. And it just doesn't seem like DJ Smith trusts him. So maybe he can go down and help that Belleville power play. But one thing's for sure, whether Will Landon's playing tonight or not, after the game, he's going to be checking the phone to see how his alma mater is doing at North Dakota. They begin their NCAA tournament against American, International, and Pillsy. Give me your level of concern on this stat. In the last five years, the 16 seed has a winning record against the number one seed in the first round of the NCAA tournament.
1: Wow. That's do you have the record with you? What are the numbers? Three three and two. Damn, that's I mean, small sample size, but that's not nothing like that's still a decent amount. That's a little scary, not gonna lie, because this could be an opportunity where it's a bit of a trap game, right? Like you take your opponent a little bit lightly, but UND cannot be doing that. But where I have some solace is knowing that this is a defensively sound team. Like if this was a team where they were running and gun and they depended on just scoring a barrage of goals, then maybe I'd be a little worried trading chances wouldn't go their way. But I think this team is so defensively sound. They can shut down any of those lucky chances that the yellow jackets will hope to get. So my level of concern out of 10, I'll put it at a five. I mean, and that's, I would even say that's high because UND has rolled through the competition. They had a little bit of a struggle in the playoffs, but that was without JBD. We're pretty confident he's going to be back. That decor is looking great. Shane Pinto, Hobie Baker finalist is going to be firing on all cylinders. So I'm not that concerned.
0: So RIT in 2015 stunned Minnesota State, but you know how I can take solace? You mentioned how you, UND isn't St. Cloud State and that happened twice to them. Air Force beat St. Cloud State in 2018. And then American International knocked off St. Cloud State in 2019. So does that mean American International has pixie dust left over from 2019? Or is it a fact where it's like, they can't do it twice. Lightning can't strike twice in the same spot.
1: Yeah, true. We'll go with that. I mean, and also we can toss out the F word for Minnesota. They frauds can't handle 16 seeds in the first round. Yikes. Yeah, well, that's there's so many Minnesota schools, so that's not Minnesota Duluth,
0: where Sens prospect Luke Lohite resides. His game starts at 4.30 this afternoon. We'll see how they do against Michigan, which is a very closely followed program with three draft eligibles that may go in the top 10, all three of them. But what happens to Luke Lohite? Should they lose? I'm not sure, but... He has been solid, I guess, third liner uh, with with Minnesota to lose. So I think it'd be fun if they can win against Michigan, because then you get five cents prospects in the second round. But it'd also be pretty fun to watch Michigan UND go head to head. And then on the other side of the bracket, we're going to be following along with Omaha and Johnny Tyconic again for a full breakdown. Go to, to Wednesday's episode. We had Brad Slossman on, and that guy is as dialed in as they come. How much stock are you going to take in how UND performs at this tournament? Because right now the stakes are higher than they've
1: been all season. Yeah, the stakes are very high. And especially Ross, considering last year they were one of the favorites, if not the favorite to win at all. So you're kind of you've got two years of pressure on you, really, because JBD and Shane Pinto are not happy that they didn't get to finish that season. So they want to finish things here. I, I'm excited for this game. Like this is going to be a solid game. I think we're going to see the start of this game. UND is going to come out flying to get to that quick lead. And then they can kind of, I don't want to say park the bus, but play a much more defensively sound game and really shut down the Yellow Jackets here. So I'm fired up for this game. And yeah, UND is going all the way. I, I have almost no doubts about it. Let's go. Let's go.
0: This is the official Note Accents podcast, and we can say with all likelihood that Jacob Bernard-Docker will return to the lineup. He's missed the last two games after going into the boards hard in the quarterfinal of the NCHC tournament a couple weeks ago. The game is on TSN in Canada, so make sure you're tuned in if you're watching it up in Canada. It's ESPN 3, I believe, in the States, but whatever it is, the Ottawa Senators' farm team, unofficial, but farm team nonetheless, is going for a national title. I don't even want to talk about what happens if they should fall tonight. That sounds like it could be a wild episode tomorrow, but either way, we've got a great weekend edition of Locked On Senators coming your way, including the Man Myth Legend. He's got his own website. He's a great follow on Instagram with the graphics and everything. It's Everyday sense as our Send Central citizen. So stay tuned for all that. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast